Hello, welcome to your double dose of Dabria. I'm your host, Dabria Kirapita Parker, welcoming you to season three, episode eight, and also the very first episode of the new year. So thank you so much for tuning in, listening. I am very excited for 2024. It was a wild year last year, and I think it's really cool to hear and see uh, different people's highlights and their recaps, especially on social media. We always see people's highlight reels. I myself like to make one just because I look back over the years and sometimes I forget how much happened in a singular year. And so I like for myself to have that personal reminder like, wow, this happened and I went there and I did this and I accomplished that or I overcame that. And we just have to keep in mind, of course, that people's highlight reels are just that. They are the highlights. We don't see the day-to-day struggles and hardships and challenges that people overcome. But we have to know that at the end of the day, you know, God's grace covers it all. And for myself, it was a very wild year. And Interestingly enough, going into 2023, I really felt like God put the word rest on my heart. And I know we see this all the time on social media. People will say their word for the year, but I love the idea. I love the concept of, you know, a word that kind of is the umbrella for your year. And it's not limited by that word, but it's cool to have that little sense of direction. And last year, coincidentally for myself, the word was rest. And yet the year itself was one of the craziest, busiest, wildest years that I've been a part of so far. I got a new full-time job. I was working at part-time the year before, but I was working full-time for a national radio network. I helped launch a station. I had a whole bunch of celebrations for uh, my wedding. So beautiful celebrations, bachelorette party, bridal shower, got to travel to a different province, marry the love of my life in the mountains, got to move, uh, got to travel across the country for work. Like it was wild. It was busy. And so the fact that the word God gave me was rest is very interesting because I really felt like God was showing me It's not the kind of rest that we typically think of. When you think of rest, I mean, the first thing I think of is sleeping, you know, and so there's sleeping, there's relaxing, there's reading a book or, you know, going outside or whatever looks like your form of relaxation is typically what comes to mind when we think of rest. But the rest God was speaking to my heart about is a supernatural rest. And it's a rest that isn't reliant on the outside circumstances being perfectly lined up. It it comes from a deeper place. And so going into 2024, I was asking God, okay, what is this year's focus? And I really felt like he put the word overflow on my heart. Now, overflow is a very interesting word because it means above and beyond, over and more than enough, and it denotes a lot of more than just the normal, right? Like it's not just a survival place, it means beyond that. And I was at church this past Sunday. It's the first Sunday back to church after the new year. I found myself worshiping, but I wasn't really feeling it. 
And I had this moment of asking God to take me to that quiet place so that my heart was positioned for worship, but the response wasn't reliant on my own feelings. And coming away from that, I really felt like what God was showing me is that that is what this year is going to look like. If we are going to live from a place of supernatural overflow, it is not reliant on your feelings. It's not reliant on my feelings. It's not reliant on the circumstances around me being perfect. It is something so much deeper than that. And so I was asking God, okay, God, how do I do this? Life is busy. There are always challenges coming our way. There's seasons of busyness, seasons of more quiet. There's seasons of waiting. You know, what does it look like to have an overflow mindset? Because that comes from deeper within. And I felt like God gave me three practical things to do. Isn't that cool? When you are in that place of relationshiping with Jesus, it doesn't come out of religion. It doesn't come out of, well, read your Bible for exactly one hour every morning and 15 minutes before bed and make sure you're going to church at least, you know, this amount of Sundays and volunteering this amount of times. It doesn't mean anything like that. Our relationship with Jesus is so personal. It is truly our best friend. And I feel like that was a second thing that I really learned last year. I learned so many things, but like the second tier of importance was truly what does it mean to have an ever-present best friend in Jesus? Sit with that for a moment. How do you view Jesus? Do you view him as an ever-present best friend? Because I think that there has been a lot of corruption by religion that makes Jesus this overbearing Lord over all. And don't get me wrong, he is Lord of all creation. But we think of him as so superior that he wouldn't even look at us because of sinfulness. And yet he went to the cross and died on Calvary so that we could know him personally, intimately, so that we could be called children of God. Children. We can cry, Abba, Father. It's such an endearing term. And so it's just a side note here to just ask yourself, how do you view Jesus? Because how you view Jesus is also going to influence what your relationship with him looks like. And so that's just a separate challenge for you. And so as I learned, okay, Jesus is my best friend, I'd go to him and I'd say, okay, if this is how you want me to think, or you want to change my perspective on this, or you you want to kind of shift this in my life, you know, it has to start with the heart first. And so I said, how do I have an overflow mindset? Because everything in this world is centered around lack. And I'm going to say that again. Everything in this world is centered around lack. We see it everywhere. You know, we're hearing so much about, you know, the economy and inflation and gas prices and depression and all of these things that come at us. And don't get me wrong, they're real, but real in the sense of these are earthly things that our earthly eyes witness. And I feel like the first thing Jesus was telling me is kingdom eyes first before earthly eyes. As it says in Ephesians 3, 2, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. It is so, so easy for the first thing to be that comes out of your mouth, to be about lack, to be about what your physical circumstances look like, to be complaints. And I feel like we as believers, 
you and me, we're called for greater. We're called to not only do different things, but to look different while we're doing them. I think that there is something to be said for setting ourselves apart. Now, again, this has kind of gotten twisted where Christians have gotten a name for being judgmental and critical. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about true inner change that comes from spending time with Jesus, that comes from that relationship, that in at the end ends up changing how your life looks, how you respond, what you say, what you think on, what you dwell on, what you feed into, because what you give your energy to is going to be what multiplies. Simple as that. What you give your energy to is going to be what multiplies. So how do we have kingdom eyes first, especially when everything in this world seems so big and so overwhelming and so full of despair? Well, we have to continually renew our mind. As it says in Romans 12 two, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And this comes from the day-to-day. What does it look like for you personally to renew your mind? I know for me, it has gotten way too easy to scroll on social media. And we talk about this, and I think every one of us at different points in our lives, you and I, we know that social media can be a huge distraction. There can be good that comes from it. Social media is not all bad. God can take what the enemy meant for evil and redeem it for good, but If it ever gets that place of taking your time, your energy, your focus, and your heart away from what truly matters, Jesus, uh, your personal health, your relationship with your spouse or your friends, your relationship with yourself, we really, really have to be on our guard about what is taking our time. Our time is so, so precious, and I hear a lot of people express the sentiment that They don't have enough time. They're too busy. And for myself going into this year, I know that 2024 is going to be busy. There are a lot of crazy, wild, good things on their way, and I'm excited for them. But I'm going to have to be choosy with what I am giving my energy and focus to. There is only 24 hours in a day seven days in a week, and I have to be intentional. And I think that's what it boils down to, intentionality. Because we all have the same amount of time in our day, but it is so easy for time to just go by the wayside uh, with if we're not intentional. And I've really felt going into this year, God has just kind of put a, a guard on my heart to be aware of how much uh, things want to take time and to just go to Jesus and say, okay, Jesus, does this benefit? Does this feed people? Does this... G- go into my life as good um, and I can turn it into great? Does this invest? uh, You know, those kinds of questions really help us to be intentional with our time. So if we are continually renewing our mind, first and foremost, that means going to the word. And so because God was kind of talking to my heart about spending time on your phone before bed, and we hear like the scientific negatives to this. Like there are so many things that are bad about scrolling on your phone. You know, then you go to the next step and it's because the blue light. So, you know, I have a setting on my phone that can make it red light before bed so it doesn't disrupt my circadian rhythm. But that still is time that 
I can spend doing something that is life giving. And that's what I love about reading the Bible. And I know this sounds like your boring old cliche Sunday school teaching, but listen, there have actually been scientific studies done that proves that our brain reacts in a variety of ways when we actually read the Bible. So there were researchers that were actually tasked with scanning and studying the brains of people while they did spiritual activities like praying or reading the Bible. Did you know, after tons of research and observation, they concluded that three regions of the brain were most active during these times. The three regions identified were the frontal attention lobe, the medial prefrontal cortex, and the nucleus accumbens. All of these regions experience significant increases in activity and responsiveness while reading the Bible or praying. Now, the researchers also noticed that while reading the Bible, high amounts of dopamine were released through the brain. Doesn't that sound familiar? When your brain releases dopamine, you are likely to be more focused, motivated, and happy overall. So with all the chemical reactions that were found in this study, there's no denying that reading the Bible actually does affect the neural pathways in your brain. These pathways control your cognitive thinking and behavior, and this proves that reading the Bible has a lasting impact on your brains, your thoughts, your behavior, and ultimately your life. So I don't say this to sound churchy or preachy. I say this to say there is actual scientific evidence that something changes when you read the Bible. There is also scientific evidence that shows what happens when we're on our phone. And I'm not going to go into it because this isn't um, something meant to bash social media. I still use it. I still like it. But I'm just saying you can look into the research yourself and you can decide for you. Do you want to give more of your time to something that ultimately leaves you feeling used, leaves you feeling empty, um, gives you a high and then leaves you dropping? Or do you want to give into something and invest into something that is going to literally bring life as you renew your mind? I think it is so exciting that we have the ability in our hands to read the true word of God and to be renewed. And in that, our eyes begin to switch from fixing our eyes on things on the earth to things above. And so this is just my personal resolution for this year. It's my personal conviction because I want my time to be well spent. We don't know how much time we have left on this earth. I want every moment to be purposeful. And that means finding intentional rest. That means giving uh, myself grace. It means investing in what matters. And that's going to look different for everyone. But the last thing that I really felt like God put on my heart to have an overflow mindset is to find your quiet place with Jesus. As I said earlier, I was at church and I wasn't really feeling the worship. And that happens, right? But here's the thing. It is not on other people to bring me into that place of worship. They can only position themselves with how they've been gifted, with how they've been called. I have to adjust my heart. I have to be the one to say, I surrender my feelings, my thoughts, uh, feeling like I'm not really into this and I have to surrender. And I have found that there is something so beautiful when you surrender. When you surrender, God can do incredible things. 
when you are fully surrendered in worship, mountains move, chains fall. I had an incredible experience. We're going to share with you something that occurred to me. It was last month. I had the opportunity to go to a house church meeting, um, but it was at a hotel. And it was really cool because they rented out a room and it was the first time they'd done this. And they just said, you know, just come. We're just going to worship. We're just going to hear from a speaker and it's going to be a good time of worship. And I went there and I wasn't sure what I expected, but I'm going to be really honest. The first 20 minutes of it, I wasn't feeling it at all. Uh, It wasn't, you know, my cup of tea, if you want to say. And I'm sitting there and then I'm standing up for worship and I'm kind of regretting that I went. And this is being honest. Let's be honest. We've all been there in times of worship or going to conferences or meetings or whatever that looks like. And you just don't want to be there. And I really felt like, you know, my flesh was like, this is not for me. I don't know why I came. This is a waste of my evening. I could be at home relaxing. And I felt like I needed to say, and so I did, Holy Spirit, I surrender tonight to you. I really felt like you did want me to come. I really felt like when I saw this announcement on social media that I was supposed to be here. So I surrender. Do what you want, whether that's through the worship, through the speaker, whether that's in my own heart. I found my quiet place in Jesus. And this has begun happening more and more. And it's really, really cool. And I'm sharing it because I want you to experience it. So as I was there and I was worshiping and I was listening to the speaker, I felt the Holy Spirit presence. Now, he is always present, but sometimes you really feel his presence. And I did. It dropped on me and I just felt like I was in the presence and the speaker was great. The worship was great. But this was something intimate and personal between me and the Lord. And so afterwards, they invited, you know, who wants to come up and and get prayed over? And I was about to leave. And I felt like, no, there's something for you up there. And so as an act of faith, I went to the front and the guy who prayed over me, he asked if there was anything specific. And I said, no, you know, just you can pray whatever you feel the Holy Spirit puts on your heart. And so he asked if he could lay his hand on my shoulder and he started praying. And let me tell you, his prayer was divine and supernaturally led. And I hadn't told him anything, but he prayed exactly what I needed to be prayed over. But you want to hear something else really, really, really cool. As I had been worshiping earlier, I felt the Holy Spirit presence, as I said, but I felt like in that moment, God healed me of whiplash. When I was 18, I was in a major vehicle accident, a vehicle, you know, fishtailed uh, on gravel, went airborne, flipped twice. Um, I actually, unfortunately, had uh, a huge uh, cut to my arm, ripped it open, um, and I didn't know that I had undiagnosed whiplash for the years after that. So for about five years after that, I was in pain a lot of the time. And it wasn't until I went to a natural path that he said, oh, you have like major whiplash from your neck all the way down to almost your lower back. Did no one like diagnose this for you? And I said, no, unfortunately, you know, when I went through the accident, my arm was the major focus. I had like sutured layers. Um, It was a huge thing for my arm, but no one said, hey, you actually probably have whiplash from this. You need to go to physical therapy for that. And so for years, I suffered with my back always hurting, 
always hurting. And so there would be some days that it was less. Um, sometimes I'd go for massage therapy eventually, and it'd be good for a few days. But as I was worshiping there, fully surrendered to the Holy Spirit, not reliant on anyone else's feelings or the way the worship was just hitting right, I felt the Holy Spirit, his hand on me, and I felt I'm healed of whiplash. And guess what, guys? It's been a month, over a month, I think. I'm healed of whiplash. I do not have that consistent day-to-day pain on my back. In that moment of surrender, the Holy Spirit touched me. The healing hand of the Lord was upon me because I was in that quiet place with Jesus. His grace descended and I am healed of whiplash. I just want to say, praise the Lord. Like I am, I'm so grateful because in that moment, God did what for years I couldn't do for myself. He did for me what massage therapy would take years and years. And even then it would never go back to the way my back was before. This is what happens when we find our quiet place with Jesus. He wants to bestow these good gifts on his children. And it wasn't something that I ever expected because I think that we always get this association with like big healings at, you know, big conferences or big events. But the healing power of Jesus and and the power of God, we are his children. It's ever present. It's ever able. There are a lot of the mysteries of faith and healing that I want to delve more into. I want to know more about. I don't know at this point in my life, um, all of the intricacies and the ins and outs of it. I just know that I was covered in grace. I just know that uh, Jesus healed his child. I just know that I'm thankful. So as it says in John 15, four to five, abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. It's all God through me. If we are going to have an overflow mindset for 2024, We have to stop thinking in the natural. We have to stop thinking that it is reliant on me checking off every single box. It can't be from a place of the natural. It can't be through earthly eyes. We have to do things different. And I know I say it like it's easy, but it's not. It is a constant renewing. It's a constant transforming. But there's nothing else that I would rather be doing. How about you? Like if you know that there is a higher way of living, if you know that there is a deeper intimacy with the Lord, that there is healing and grace and abundance because we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus, don't we want to be investing in that? I am tired of wasting time. I am tired of having a scarcity mindset. I'm tired of just getting by. There have been so many times in my life and so many seasons where it's only by the grace of God that I felt like I I came through. And that is amazing because without God, I wouldn't have come through. But now I want more. I want an overflow because I want to feed into others. I want to be a vibrant part of our community. I want vibrant marriages and relationships with kids and with friends and with churches. I want this for everyone. And that has to come from a different way of thinking. As it says in Luke 6.38, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be poured into your lap for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. I want more. 
And the really great thing about God is he is a God of more than enough. So where do we start? Well, we start with surrender. That is first and foremost. And it's hard, but easy to surrender. All it takes is a simple prayer. The really cool thing about faith is that we can take a step and then God can multiply it 100 fold. We can do the first action of surrender, of faith, of trust, and then God can come in with redemption and restoration and above and beyond all we could think or ask or imagine. And that is what is so cool is that we bring ourselves to the table in surrender and then God can work through that and do so much more. It's all God through you and through me. So first and foremost, kingdom eyes first before earthly eyes. Ask the Lord to correct you when your thinking, when your words are going to the earth first, when they are uh, focused so much on the circumstances that you can't see things through God's eyes, you have to ask God to correct because there are so many times that we do it. I do it myself and I'm constantly in this place of changing and it becomes easier and easier. You start with noticing, okay, wow, I'm being really negative here. I'm really giving in to worry. I'm really dwelling on fear. And the more that you correct that, the easier it becomes. But you kind of have to supercharge that with renewing your mind. That means through prayer, through praise, and through the Bible. And I'm not going to preach to you about it. You know, and I know the life-changing effects that these have. But I would just ask God to give you a greater vision for it and a greater desire for those things. The more you fill your life with it, I promise you, the more you're going to see things change. The next one, find your quiet place in Jesus. This is very closely tied to surrender, but you can find your quiet place in Jesus and you can visit it as often as you like, and then you can start to dwell in it all the time. And the last thing that I want to mention is gratitude. I grew up with my mom singing the song, a grateful heart is a happy heart. And that's why we say thanks every day. And it is so true. Like, It's really cool to me that when you are a child, you have these rhymes and these simple Sunday school teachings, but they stick with you. And there is something so powerful about shifting your gaze from your circumstances to a heart of gratitude. As it says in Psalm 118, 24, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Another verse that I love is found in 1 Samuel 12, 24. But be sure to fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. Consider what great things he has done for you. And how this works is that even in a present circumstance that isn't ideal, that isn't where you would like it to be, or you see more of the negative, when you shift your focus to one of gratitude, I promise you something is going to change. Now, all of this sounds fine and dandy, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring this podcast to a close with a prayer because I want 2024 to be different for you and for me. I want more. I want all God through me. And I know that it starts with our hearts first and it starts with surrender. So Father God, we come before your throne of grace. I thank you that we are more than conquerors through you. I thank you that this is the year that you have made, God. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, help us position our hearts in a place of worship, of gratitude, and of surrender. 
Lord, show us what it means to renew our minds continuously. And Lord, give us a hunger for it, a hunger and a desire that can only be quenched by you by your word, by spending time in praise and in prayer. And I thank you, Lord, that as we do these things, mountains begin to move. Lord, mountains in our circumstances, mountains in our personal lives. Lord, move these mountains in our spiritual and physical communities, God. I thank you that you continue to direct our steps. Lord, help us to fix our eyes on things above, not on things on earth. Lord, as we delve into your word, into your promises. I think that your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Lord, wherever we are, comfort us. Lord, you know exactly what we need. You know exactly what we bring to the table. You know exactly what weighs on us. Let us cast all our cares on you and you sustain us. Thank you, Lord. We just dedicate 2024 to you, Lord. All glory, all honor, all praise. And I thank you, Lord, that at the end of this year, there will be such beautiful testimony. Thank you, Lord, for loving us because we are your kids. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And great grace rain down on you and on me and on our lives. This is my continuous prayer. So thank you for listening to your double dose of Dabria. I am so excited for 2024. And I just want to make mention that this is a ministry podcast. It's made possible because the Holy Spirit told me to make it. And it's made possible because you listen, because you like, because you comment, because you financially support. So I would just ask you to take a moment and ask the Lord, is this something that he wants you to give into in 2024? I'm also looking for sponsorship at this current time. Uh, So if you want to sponsor your double dose of Dabria and have social media mentions and mentions on the podcast, mentions on radio because this plays on radio, if that's something that intrigues you, reach out to me, your double dose at gmail.com. I love hearing from you. I love praying with you. I love your feedback. I love your encouragement. And Jesus loves you so much. So thank you for listening. I'm Dabria Kirapita Parker, your host of your double dose of Dabria. Until next time, everyone. You're listening to Your Double Dose of Dabria, a podcast with a mission. It is ministry-centered and people-focused. It exists because of support from you. This support looks like financial gifts and spiritual support through prayer. By partnering with this podcast's mission, you are helping to reach people with love, to continue to tackle the tough topics, to encourage, uplift, and challenge others in their faith, and to unite the community. If God is moving in your heart to partner by becoming a financial donor or a prayer partner, please reach out yourdoubledose at gmail.com.